D&D Beyond. It's my new favorite D&D tool. I gotta say, there's so much I really like about this. Um, having it at the table, um, I have uh, a player who uses that at the table, and they are in charge, they are my rules lawyer, they are in charge of picking stuff up and finding it. Uh, if I have a question, if someone has a question, they look at it. Um, oftentimes, I can do it too. I'm sitting at the table with a laptop. I run most of my game off of the laptop. Um, I do print stuff out from time to time. Um, I find it especially helpful when I'm running an adventure to have that paper in my hands for some reason. Um, but D&D Beyond has made it so I could run um, adventures off of the website. Um, for uh, White Plume Mountain, I ran that entirely off of D&D uh, Beyond, and it was so great. Uh, coming from running um, Curse of Straw off of a PDF, it just, um, I've ran plenty of uh, Adventures League stuff on a PDF, and it is very difficult flipping back and forth. Um, I, if I run off a PDF, I like to have that paper copy there with me. Um, I usually pull the PDF to, up to the monsters, and then I can flip back and forth in the pages of um, my hard copy, just um, just to, it makes it so much easier for some reason. But D&D Beyond is, is, is click and control F, very friendly. Um, I love it, I love it. One of my favorite things about D&D Beyond, I can use it on a web browser with the send to Kindle um, tool. I don't know, what, what do we call that? Browser add-on extension. The Send to Kindle extension. So I can pull up chapter one of Mordecai's Tome of Foes and send it to my Kindle. Now I've got all the chapters of Mordecai's on my Kindle. Easy to read, not converted from stolen PDF. Um, it's amazing, I love it. It's the best thing about D&D Beyond for me is being able to send something super legible, very few mistakes to my Kindle with links still there in case I need them. Um, it's it's amazing. I do all my reading on a Kindle. Um, I, I do read papers sometimes. Um, if I can't get it on Kindle, then I, I have to read it in paper. Um, I convert PDFs, which work sometimes and don't work sometimes. Uh, with role-playing books, the two-column format is really, really horrible. Um, that's why I love those A5 books you're seeing a lot in the indie scene. Um, uh, Blades in the Dark, uh, all the Zac S stuff has uh, single columns. Um, a lot of the Lamentation stuff has single columns, so it imports really quickly to a Kindle. Um, but the two-column format, I, I sometimes have to back out, copy the whole text, paste it into Word, remove the columns, and then send that doc to a Kindle. Um, anyway, so, on the subject of reading D&D Beyond, I am reading Morton Painting's Tahuma Foes right now. Um, I am enjoying it immensely. I loved, loved, loved the Blood War stuff. It gives me some great fodder. I think I said last week that I want to start up my old campaign again. I want to get these people back so I can, so I can finish this, um, this Act 2, move on to Act 3, which is entirely plainer. Um, most of it has to do with the Blood Wars, it, and there's so much great stuff here. Um, there's also a Dragon Plus article uh, last month, I think, that had a ton of Blood Wars stuff there that I still haven't finished going through. Um, love, love, love it. 
so I hit chapter two, the elves, and I gotta say, um, elves are, they're just not my thing, you know? I, I, um, I, I see why people like them. Uh, I get your Tolkien elves. Um, it's all very standard, right? But uh, this chapter in Elves really like grabbed me. It was really good, and again, it's really plainer and plain, plainer in nature. Um, talking about from their their first god, uh, who split off into these um, uh, the the Seldarin, I don't remember what it's called. Um, into these the the, the Warven, or I'm sorry, the Elven gods um, split off basically, and then divided even further there with the the, uh, the the division of Loth. Some of them went with Loth, some of them stayed with uh, Corellian, I think his name is. Um, and that was the real spurn right there between um, the Elves and the Dark Elves. Um, and there's a lot of stuff to it, and it makes sense in all these worlds where we have Dark Elves. Um, they, they even mentioned that it hasn't happened yet in Kryn, but is it inevitable that it's going to happen? Um, maybe, maybe not, you know? So, um, the next chapter that I'm not too interested in, The Dwarves, it's got a lot of really good stuff in it. Um, but my big problem with it is it's, it's very terrestrial. It's very planetary. Um, it's not planar in nature at all. Um, the story is that, you know, there was a clan, Duragar, that dug too deep. Um, they came under the, the influence of um, a trap of the, the uh, mind flares, the lithids. They broadcasted this thing out that made them want to do nothing but dig and hit the bottom. They knew something was there. And when they got there and hit that bottom, boom, there were the illithid waiting. There was the elder brain that sucked them in and turned them into their slaves. Now, it's a great story. It's great for single world building, right? But we're, um, this is Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. This is very, um, this is supposed to be the planar book, right? This is what everybody's thinking. This is what it really feels like. Um, looking at the rest of the stuff in the book, um, the Gith, right? Most of this stuff, the monsters in there are extra planar. Um, there is just so much in here that screams planes, but this one section feels really out of place so far. I, I mean, um, the gnomes and the halflings seem pretty out of place too, but we'll find out when we get there. Um, it's, it, it, it's just really rooted in a single planet. Um, now am I supposed to believe in Greyhawk? The, the, there was a clan called Duragar that dug too far and fell under the mind flare sway. Um, as in the Forgotten Realms, there was a clan called the Duragar that dug too deep and fell under the mind, the mind flares, um, sway. It's very hard to say. Mind flares sway. Uh, say that three times fast. Anyway, um, and then they go again to Kryn where it hasn't happened. Um, things are different in Kryn, right? Because it's Dragonlance and things are different in Dragonlance. Um, but in my, my homebrew world, there's a clan called the Duragar. Did they dig too far? Um, Everything about else about the story is fascinating, though. I love it. The the Duragar come back, and they say, "Well, you've been uh, you've forsaken, you know, Modern. That's why you left. You left because of your greed. Um, you left because you know you didn't like the way things were going, and we reject you. You know." And the Duragar are like, "Hey, we we got tricked. We were duped. You know, 
we were just doing dwarven stuff. We were just digging. We like to dig, right? Um, so, screw you and your god. You know, if your god feels that way about us, now we feel that way about about him. We've, we've spurned him. So now the Duragar exist to spurn this god. The, the, their whole goal in life is to kill this god. Is to make this god come down on his knees and regret the decision that he made. It's wonderful. It's great. But again, terrestrial. It, it belongs to one planet. Um, and I, I don't like that. I really don't like that. Um, it, is there a way we could take this out into the plains and maybe make it a planar story? Yes. Yeah, if we have more... more, more <laughs> wow, I'm having a problem saying words today. If we have Modern out on his home plane where he created the dwarves, right? He turned their bodies of steel into flesh and made them people. Now on this home plane, you know, the Illithids, they're, they are planar in nature. They are everywhere. So they could be, you know, secretly in this plane, you know, waiting, bring, sucking the dwarves down, bringing the dwarves down. Um, it's, it, it would be more interesting. It would lend more, there would be more of a planar story there. There would be more, more minutia to delve into, right? So you've got this plane that the dwarves are on, which is a, a lawful plane, I would believe. I don't know where mod, modern is, um, but it would definitely be a lawful plane, right? Lawful good plane, I would assume. Um, it's, that would be my, maybe a lawful neutral plane. Um, anyway, and then these, these mind flares would be there, right? Um, and I guess they are lawful evil, so a, a lawful neutral plane wouldn't be a place too far off for them, right? So they can, it, how would they be there? Why would they be there, right? It, it brings this whole, like, just because it's a lawful good plane or a lawful neutral plane doesn't mean that only those things can exist on there. You can have chaotic evil beings living on a lawful good plane. Um, you know, so it, it, it just brings much more uh, interesting things that you can play with when you take it to the planes. So it's not just this plane of lawful good beings or chaotic good beings or lawful evil beings, right? There's all these different factions at play still, but the lawful good have the rule of that plane, right? Like in the hells, the lawful evil have the rule of that plane, but there are still people in the hells who presumably live there that are not lawful evil, right? There are strike teams of demons in the planes, you know? There are spies for the demons. There are um, night hags, rakshasa, um, so many different things that can be here that don't necessarily need to be lawful evil, even though I think everything that I mentioned is lawful evil. Um, anyway, that's all I've got for this week. Um, looks like a long one. I'm going to continue reading Mordenkainen's Tomophos. Um, I am very interested into getting into the monsters. I have flipped through it. I continue to flip through it. Um, when I do searches for monsters, I assume they will come up. So I will be poking at them slowly. Um, but I'm ready to hit chapter six, man. I'm ready for that bestiary. Anyway, so see you next week.